We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, welcome to an emergency episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. we got some big news to cover, and here it is. According to ESPN, Philip Rivers will enter free agency this year, officially ending his 16-year run with the Chargers. The Chargers and Rivers jointly announced the veteran quarterback's decision Monday, with general manager Tom Telesco saying that the timing of the announcement will allow everyone to put themselves in the best position for success in 2020. Guys, what are your first initial thoughts and reactions to this? Yeah, so obviously this is, an, is a, an emotional day for Chargers fans. Uh, me personally, I was 11 years old when he was named starting quarterback for the team. So really, he's been the only Chargers quarterback that I've really paid attention to that I've really been able to follow with this team. Um, you know, I think for the older fans who remember the days of Dan Fouts and, and unfortunately the Ryan Leaf days, like this is probably, it hits hard for them, but it probably doesn't hit as hard for people like us who have only known for this team to have Phillip Rivers. Um, there are certain moments that I'll have that I'll be able to look back on and, and remember his career, um, starting with his playing in new England on a torn ACL. I think that really kind of just sold me on him as a, as a quarterback, as a competitor. And that's going to be a game that even though they lost, I'll remember that game forever. And, um, so that being said, I think we were kind of prepared for this after the Jake Glazer debacle, which he turned out to be right, but you know, that's another story for another time. Um, so we've been kind of preparing for this. We've kind of known that it's coming to an end at some point. Um, I am glad that this is going to be a clean break and not an Eli Manning situation that drags on for a few years. Um, but that certainly doesn't make it any easier. And um, it's going to be interesting and, and weird to have a charger season without Phillip Rivers. Can we make the, the Jake Glazer 
problem. Can we can we make that right now? Does that have to be another date? Because I just want to I just want to say what happened. So first, basically as we're talking right now, Jay Glazer says the Chargers are moving on from Philip Rivers while he's talking about Eli Manning, while he's talking about Dak Prescott, while he's talking about Tom Brady, all these possible quarterbacks that could move on. And he says, and the Chargers moving on from Philip Rivers and so casually and became this huge thing. Everybody starts reporting that the Chargers are officially moving on from Philip Rivers and that it's done. And it turned out to be right. And I'm sure, I'm sure there were leaks here and there, but um, it led to the Chargers coming under a lot of fire and a lot of criticism on how they were handling the situation when really they, they had no say in that. That was just some somebody randomly saying they're moving on from Philip Rivers. It wasn't an official report. It wasn't a leak, nothing. It was just somebody, it was just words passing by like like the snap of a finger. And so now that, now that that situation's by, people are still kind of looking at the Chargers and saying, you're still doing it wrong. You're still moving on from your franchise quarterback, this this guy who's been here for so many years. Um, and, I mean, I get it. Fans were never going to be happy. Professionals who know Rivers were never going to be happy. It has to happen at some point. But then you look at New England. They're moving on from Tom Brady. I don't hear them coming under nearly the same amount of fire. It's it's interesting to watch this team come under so much fire. When I they they really handled this with a lot of class. I think they've let Rivers call the shots more than I would have allowed him to, and I just I, I don't quite understand it. I'm gonna miss Rivers a lot. I back on track of of the Rivers uh, moving on deal. I'm just uh, I had time because I've been saying this since uh, since late October, um, November. This is this is their plan. They they were ready to move on. They've built their roster how they want it, and now they're gonna go get the rookie to uh, to to lead this team moving forward. And uh, I my words aren't being spoken very clear. You can tell I'm stuttering over myself. I'm a little. I I, I it still hits me. It still does hit me. Um, because this is this is the guy I grew up watching. So um, it is it is tough. Uh. And I've I've been big Rivers supporter, big Rivers defender, especially if you go over to uh, Facebook Chargers. They hate Rivers over there, and um, it, it's it is rough, man. It's 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 not quite words to describe how I feel about about this. I'm excited for the future, but at the same time, I'm really I'm really nervous and um, sad. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I when I look back on Rivers' career in a few years, I think, like I mentioned, the the ACL game. But I think another thing that I'm always going to remember is the 2018 season. You know, that was that season two years ago was the most fun I've ever had as a Chargers fan. And you know, Rivers was a huge part of that. He really took his game back to to vintage Rivers and showed off a lot of you know arm talent and lots of clutch throws that had been missing in years past. And um. I'm probably not going to remember this five and eleven season season very very much when it concerns Philip Rivers' legacy, but 2018 like that was the most fun I've ever had as a fan, and I'm always going to be able to call back, to call back to those wins in Kansas City, the win in Pittsburgh, the win in Baltimore when he got that first down rushing like that was one of the happiest moments I've ever had as a fan, and so it it does sting, you know it hurts to see a guy like this move on, 
And it, it's important to reemphasize that this is his decision too. Um, like Tyler said to open the show, you know, this isn't just the Chargers moving on. This is Rivers moving on as well. So it's a mutual moving on. Um, but that doesn't make that doesn't make it any easier. But it also gives some excitement for next season. And there's a lot of hope and a lot of promise and obviously a lot of question marks too. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly a decision that's been in the works for a while. Um, if I mean, at first I was irritated after the Pittsburgh game because it looked like the Chargers were just not giving Rivers any help. I was very frustrated watching the offensive line get torn apart in that game. But right somewhere after that, started to think, and this started to circulate a little bit, what if the Chargers were just planning on this from the beginning? You know, what if they didn't make these bold moves? What if they didn't make the big free agent splash? Or, you know, I mean, shoot, they they draft a defensive tackle who needs to rehab. They take a developmental left tackle in the third round. Um, and then Rivers, a guy who... I see, I, I feel like this was known from, from the beginning because Rivers, a guy who commutes from San Diego to Los Angeles every day for practice or games or whatever for years, is also the guy who ends up taking his family in the middle of the school year from California to Florida, like that doesn't make any sense unless honestly, unless he's been thinking about this for a long time and they've been planning this for a long time. Well, moving in general is not something that is just like, all right, I'm going to move houses. Like even moving to a different neighborhood, like that's a lot of planning. That's a lot of decision-making that goes on. And you got to plan where your, where your kids are going to go to school. And, and you know, if you have to change jobs, like, you know, we've all moved in our lives and, you know, that's not something that just is like, all right, snap of the snap of the fingers and we're done. We're moving, let alone moving states, let alone moving to the opposite end of the country. So this probably was planned, like you were saying, by the Chargers and it was probably planned by Philip Rivers himself. I think he probably knew it was coming and, you know, his press conference. I kind of think that at that point he knew, like, I'm done here, which it sucks to say that kind of. And, you know, it is tough. to. It was really tough to watch that press conference. But I think at that point he knew, all right, time to move on. Why do you think he moved to Florida in particular? If I mean, wouldn't you wait for some sort of news or some sort of free agent signing to move? Why would you just move to Florida? Yeah, he knew. I mean, it was it was very obvious. Um, even even up to two years ago, I think uh, it was Jamie Hoyle, uh, the lightning round on Twitter, said today he wouldn't be surprised if it was 2018 when Rivers told the team this was this was the last go. I don't I don't know. He seemed in 2018 to be a lot more open to resigning. Uh but 2019 was uh it was a rough season. And uh even leading up to 2019, you saw in the back end of 2018, there were a lot of games where Rivers you could see the arm was just kind of going. I think the Steelers game in particular, Steven mentioned that as like a highlight of 2018. Um that game was rough. And it was it was an exciting game for sure, but it was definitely a game where you saw Rivers struggle to throw the football. It was there was a lot of lucky moments in that game where the the team really co- came together to win. It wasn't it wasn't um, a Rivers win per se, but it was a it was a good team win, and that's why that's why I loved that game so much. But then it was after that game, I also realized real quick this is kind of the beginning of the end. He didn't look good. And um, as they got further and further into the season and closer to the playoffs, you just saw that kind of grow. Baltimore, 
he really started the struggle against pressure, which was uncharacteristic of him in 2018. And it's just, it's been, it's been coming. It's, it's been building up to this moment and it's, it's a shame. I really wish that he went out on a high note. Everybody wishes that for their franchise quarterback. You want him to go win a Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset, like Peyton Manning style. Um, and I, I did kind of believe that was going to happen with Rivers after the 28 season, 2018 season. I, I did think that there was a chance to go win a Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset. It just you could tell it wasn't it wasn't the same team. You had the loss of Tyrell Williams. You had the injuries that had already piled up. Uh, they weren't making moves for this year. They already knew that Rivers had was probably planning on moving on already, and so they really built for the future in 2019. And it it is a shame. It's it's sad, but as I've said all year to people. It was the smart football move. It wasn't about Rivers. It was about the Chargers. And you can't fault the Chargers for that. They have other players on this team they need to take care of. It's not just about Rivers. I would like it to be about Rivers. I really would. Um, if it's basketball, you could do something closer to that because there's only five guys on the court at a time. But this is football. you got 22 main players out there. And that's not including your role players. That's not including your backups. you got you got your 22 on offense and, and defense. And then you got your special teams guys. It, it's not just about one player in this league. So um, it was the right time to move on, and it was the right time to build for the future. And with that in mind, you really look back at the Trey Pipkins, the Jerry Tillery, the Nasir Adderley, and you think, I get it. I, I get it. So I think, you know, looking back at this season, um, you know, it's hard for me to make excuses and it's hard for me to say, like, to try and justify the five and 11 season. But really, if you look at the season as a whole, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for this team. You know, I think you're planning for the future. Like Jason is saying with Trey Pipkins, Trey Pipkins and Jerry Tillery, but how are you supposed to plan for the future and, and be excited about Trey Pipkins when Russell Okung has a pulmonary embolism? And how are you supposed to predict that Mike Pouncey is going to break his neck and that, um, Mike Williams is going to be crippled basically for a majority yeah. of the season as mm-hmm. well. Derwin James gets his foot stepped on. Yeah, yeah, like, and when Derwin's injury came out, like there was so much up in the wind, up in the air as how how much how much time he was going to miss. Is he going to miss four games, eight games, ten games? And then Adrian Phillips breaks his arm, and then Nasir Adderley can't get healthy, and then Forrest Lamb goes down, and then Melvin Gordon holds out, and then you fire Ken Wisenhunt, and then Rivers throws. 10 more interceptions than he did last year. So, and this is mainly offense. You like you have Desmond mm-hmm. King's regression. Uh you have yep. the the linebackers, they don't have any identity at linebacker. You have Jerry Tillery took a while to develop. So, D-tackle was kind of a struggle and you're rotating between Square and Jones and 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 then Sylvester Ebay, Williams. Come, Sylvester Williams who is actually good but never played and we'll talk about that another time. Um, and and then, it, it was just, this team had no identity. And I, I talked about that, um, in an article a couple months back and it really hurts a team. If you don't have an identity, they couldn't rely on Philip rivers. They couldn't rely on Melvin Gordon. And so they started off the season by relying on Keenan Allen, but they didn't have enough receivers that would step up when Keenan Allen was getting double teamed. Mike Williams started to later on in the season, 
but it was a slow start for Mike Williams. I know a lot yeah. of people don't realize that, but outside of that one big catch um, against the Lions, I believe it was at halftime, he was really quiet for the first few weeks. Very quiet. Yeah, the first and few so, weeks were really about Keenan and Austin Eckler. Like that was the offense. And that was it. Two. That was it. And that they had their identity to an extent with those two. And down the line, I feel like that identity was lost because Melvin Gordon came back, which messed with Austin Eckler as a focal point of the offense. And then Mike Williams started to emerge, which took away from uh, Keenan Allen being the focus point. And so it was just Melvin Gordon returning, I think, really hurt this team in offensively bad. And you might even be able to to say that that was the that was the uh, the snowball effect. Melvin Gordon holding out was the the snowball effect that kind of mm-hmm. led to this offense's downfall. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But I, Melvin Gordon did the best thing for for him, and so I can't really fault him for that. I don't think the holdout was his fault. It it was just unfortunate. It was bad timing. Yeah, he was and, he was uh, given some bad advice. And yeah, oh, terrible advice. And, and uh, it, it is unfortunate, man. And uh, I, I really wish that this season went different. But when you look at all the things that happened, I can't, I can't put blame on anybody. I really can't. There's no single person that, sh- that shoulders the blame here. It's not Philip Rivers. It's not Telesco. It's not Lynn. It's, it was just a very unfortunate season. Yeah. If, you, if you made like a pie chart of like percentages of who gets the blame for this season, you probably have like at least eight people in that pie chart. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just like I've seen some Chargers fans say like this was poor coaching, this was poor clock management, and Anthony Lynn has his faults. He's not a perfect coach, but you can't put all the or even the majority of the blame on Anthony Lynn this season, and you can't do that to mm-hmm. Tom Tom Telesco either. And you know today everyone was you know throwing shade and throwing hate at Tom Telesco, and and you know sure he planned for the future this past draft, but I mean he passed on to Sean Watson for in to give Philip Rivers another weapon, like. I don't think that Tom Telesco could have done more to support Philip Rivers. I think he did just enough to prolong his career, give him enough weapons, and give him his last shot. Unfortunately, 2018 didn't pan out, and I think if they had beaten New England, then he probably would have called it quits then. You know, I think that probably would have been his ride off into the sunset. But they got smacked, so he came back for another ride, and unfortunately it didn't work out. About you, Tyler. What do you think? What do you think uh, caused this season to spiral out of control? No, you guys. You talked about it perfectly. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. It was one of the most Charger seasons I've ever seen, and that's after being a season season ticket holder and paying money to watch them lose like one in thirty million odds to lose like a stretch of games that they did when they lost like the Saints and whatever, where they fumbled like twice in two minutes and gave this. It was awful. Travis Benjamin. yeah. Oh my God. Without getting touched. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. no, it was brutal. But anyway, that's another fun set of memories. But no, it just, this felt like the most Charger season I've ever seen. Um, everything went wrong that possibly could have gone wrong. And at the end of the day, the division around them got better too. Oh, yeah. You know, at, at least if they could have, well, they split with the, the Broncos in 2018, they split with the Chiefs, and they swept the Raiders, right? Nope, this year swept by everybody. So while they were, and I guess if you if you consider, if you believe that they were preparing for the future, you know, I guess they're in a good spot now. But by do, not doing a whole lot, the rest of the AFC West really 
either caught up or surpassed them. I mean, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. You know, right. they got swept by the Raiders. They got swept by the Broncos. You know, so I just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And the good news is it's it's prepared them for a great future. I think the future looks very, very bright, and they're in their best position they possibly could be. But, yeah, last year was pretty rough. I mean, right down to was the Lions game where they, where they scored like three times or so, and they kept having it called back over and over again. I mean, that, that just was felt awful. Like, that was awful. That was week, what, two? So, yep. I mean, and that kind of just showed you what, we, what happened the rest of the way. But, yeah, I think you guys are right. It's, it's not just one person. And I don't think that fans fans are very interesting to be able to just kind of pick. It's just Telesco or it's just coaching or it's, it's just or Spanos, apparently. Um, it's everybody. It's everybody. And yeah. I think the most important thing is that, and I've tried to emphasize this, it's not just Philip Rivers that was the problem, and it's also not just the offensive line was the problem. Both were good at times. Both were bad at times. You know, both let the other down sometimes. Um, so I, I, it's just, it was a comedy of errors, I guess. And yeah. I'm hoping they can just go into their new stadium, put it all behind them, get their new quarterback. I can't help but think, and I totally hate thinking this, but I can't help but think, I mean, yeah, it has been 16 years with Rivers, and they still haven't won anything with all this talent. As much as I, I would love, oh my gosh, I would love to see Rivers as the guy who took them to the title. But, you know, I think they really just need that fresh start at this point. So I'm excited for the future as much as this, as this hurts. I mean, Rivers is the only quarterback I've seen live as the starter, that is, in a regular season game. You know, I, my first game was Rivers throwing to Vincent Jackson. That's not too much of a throwback, but that's a little bit of a throwback. I was born in 95. <laughs> and um, we were just trying to, you know, get down to San Diego Park at Hazard Center Station. And um, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to miss him, but I also I, – I could see why it's they need to move on. And so I'm, I guess, at peace with it. You know, I think I'm less sad today than I would have been had I found out, you know, months ago. I think at this point – I mean, we just did a quarterbacks podcast – everyone's kind of thinking about moving on already. Right. And um, right. at this point I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I feel like I've, well, this is terrible. Watch someone slowly die. And I've kind of come to, gri- <laughs> wow. I've come to grips with it at this point. Like, you know, I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's really, really sad, but like I'm, I've had so much time now yeah. to, to come to grips with yeah. it. So it's an emotional day for sure, but this should not have been a surprise because, you know, we had the press conference, like I mentioned, then the moving rumors, then the Jake Laser thing, and then today, like, there was lead up for this. It wasn't just like, all right, boom, Rivers is done. Like, we were prepared for this, and you know, it 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 does suck. I, my first Chargers game uh, was when Drew Brees. It was his last year. Um, I can't remember who it was against. I was a little kid, but then like two or three years later, we went back and Rivers had this huge day. Antonio Gates had two touchdowns and, you know, I'll always have those fond memories of rivers just slinging it around and, and talking his version of trash talk to people, you know, Jay Cutler being one of them, which was a hilarious moment. <laughs> um, the video that the Chargers put up today of, of him trash talking and Sean Merriman saying that there's no one like him is it's true. There's no one like Philip rivers. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I think that it was time and I'd much rather have this happen than, like people brought up Eli Manning today, and Eli was benched, and he didn't play at all this year. Mm-hmm. And sure, he had his little moment, the last start or whatever. But 
I would just rather have it be a, a clean break and move on to the future. I think my memory for Philip Rivers, and uh, you could say all the moments, man, but 2013 against the Broncos was it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Broncos win, it, it was an exciting win. It was it was Keenan Allen's moment and Philip Rivers' moment, and I believe it was uh, Ryan Matthews went off. Yep. And, uh, man, that, that seems like so long ago. It's not even part of this decade. Um, and just Rivers, I still remember that game so vividly because of the interview afterwards, the Thursday night football interview is talking about his bolo tie. And I just, I just love to play football, you know, it was just, it it was so eye opening for me because I had just started playing football. And so to hear him say, I just love to play football. it, It really clicked for me there. It just, it felt right. It felt right. This is his sport. And there was a kind of a moment there where I was like, you know what? It just needs to be my sport. And ever since then, football is is my thing. I love it so much now. And every time I think about what, what caused me to love football, it was that 2013 year where I had liked the Chargers prior. I was kind of mixed between the 49ers and the Chargers because uh, my, my parents are 49ers fans. And... Um, my uh, basically all my relatives were 49ers fans and uh, I liked the Chargers I wanted to be different I, I liked the Chargers I liked LaDainian Tomlinson and um, so I was kind of like this this closet Chargers fan almost I, I didn't want to tell my family <laughs> that I liked the Chargers but at the same time they knew but um, go Frank Gore is what I was yelling on on Sundays <laughs> but uh the the second Keenan Allen got drafted, I had watched him at Cal. Um, he was playing, I believe it was UCLA, and he had a two-touchdown game. And right then and there, I made Keenan Allen my favorite player in football, even though he was still in college. Made him my favorite player in football. And I, I, I didn't pay too much attention to football after that. And then I, I was just happened to be watching the NFL draft. I don't know if my uncle was watching it or whatever. And I saw that Keenan Allen was drafted to the Chargers. And I was just like, I know who that is. Guy, guys, I know who that is. I know that guy on TV. I, I, I know who that is. Um, and it was, it was a special moment for me to finally relate to my family. Be like, I know this, I know this football player that they just drafted. Um, and then I, I just casually watched football from then on because I really wanted to watch Keenan Allen. That was the whole point of that, that 2013 season is I, I really wanted to watch Keenan Allen. I loosely followed the Chargers. I loosely watched like a game here and there. But that was the first year where I, I was watching. And um, right after that Broncos game and hearing that interview, it just clicked for me. That was it. That was football for me. That Philip Rivers wearing a bolo tie in his rattlesnake skin boots or whatever, talking about how much he loves football was it for me. And that's why I love football today. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I am breaking down plays on Twitter. It's everything. And so that moment for me with Philip Rivers, it's like I know the guy. I, I don't know how to explain it right now. I'm kind of like at a loss for words here. Uh, voice is a little shaky, but it's like I know Philip Rivers because this is it. This this is he's the Chargers, and I'm, I love the Chargers. And um, it, it's it's more than that. He he's football to me. When I think of when I think of football, I think Philip Rivers. It's just when I'm out there coaching on uh, on Saturdays, 
I, I it's just it's hard to explain, guys. It's it's Philip Rivers. Whew. You're right there, man. <laughs> uh, either recover before I lose man points, man. <laughs> no, I mean, important part of all our lives. I mean, I mean, really, how many people have you? Like you said, you feel like you 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 know the guy, right? I mean, how many people are you? I mean, obviously, we're not friends with him, but how many people do you know and are friends with? Longer than sixteen years. I mean, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's a long time. So it's a, uh, it's a tough day. I mean, this is something. You know, obviously the charges are more than just Philip Rivers, but Rivers is the guy I watched when, you know, my dad and I. My dad's a Raiders fan, and he still bought season tickets and drove down to San Diego with me, past those two things that look like female body parts that I always laughed at no matter what age I was. You guys know what I'm talking about if you drove to San Diego from from Orange County, I guess. Anyway, um, you know, something my dad and I were able to bond over, it's Philip Rivers. You know, something... Hi, Amanda, I guess if you're listening. Amanda, my sister, um, we weren't exactly close. We fought a lot when we were younger. But football was something that we were able to find a lot of common ground in. And now, you know we share such a passion for the chargers together. Um, it's pretty cool. So I, I kind of owe Philip rivers, um, a big thanks for that, for, for, for two relationships in my life, improving, um, and being amazing. So, I mean, shit. <laughs> it's a big Tyler's deal. over here describing this great, serious moment. And it's, it's beautiful, Tyler. It, that I'm, I'm sad that me and Steven were muted there because we just broke out laughing when he was describing his way to Walcom Stadium. <laughs> These two Somebody female body part features. About. <laughs> <laughs> talking about bonding with his dad and his sister, and then we were just laughing. <laughs> it was a it was a beautiful thing that he was describing, but we were just busy laughing. I don't even know what he what he said. One hundred percent, I was I, I zoned out. <laughs> Oh, I solved world hunger while you guys were on mute. You totally missed it. <laughs> Come on. No, but uh, yeah, well, you know, you know, the whole football experience, pretty pretty good with Rivers there. I mean, I guess right he kind of, I guess we kind of, not necessarily. I I took it for granted, but you know, considering the team's past with quarterbacks, you know, we had the Ryan Leaf thing, and then the Drew Brees Drew Brees situation, and. You know, we had a little bit of Billy Volek mixed in there. And then we have 16 years of Phil Rivers. And, you know, I think in 2013, you know, that was kind of like peak Rivers. And then 2014 came and, you know, the rumors of the team moving started happening. And and there was some real doubt in my mind that Rivers was going to keep playing. And um, then the Weddle situation happened. And, you know, I think the last few years in LA were, were really just an extra blessing. There was three free years of Philip rivers that we probably shouldn't have had, but we were blessed enough to experience those three years. Yeah. Were, were either of you there for the, the Walcom game against the dolphins where it was, are they leaving San Diego? Are they not leaving San yes, Diego? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That where, was an emotional freaking game. Was that the, the game where they did the Malcolm Floyd retirement I believe that was uh, the one, halftime. and also the like the delayed timeout or whatever thing. And oh yeah, that 
all three of them got a chance to wave goodbye. So we thought, I think that was that one. I might be getting mixed up. And then Eric Weddle laying down after the game in the middle yep. of a walk-on. Signing autographs for everyone. You know, that was the first game I actually ever went to. Oh, really? Um, because I wanted to experience San Diego at least one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did go one more time after that. Um, me and my dad did. Uh, that game was... If you had never cried in your life... That was going to be the, that was going to be it. The, yep. It was done. Your streak is over, man. Uh, seeing Rivers and Floyd and, and Gates like wave goodbye. Uh, and then Weddle just laying down and taking in the scenery. That, that, that's kind of how I feel right now. That's, that's mm-hmm. very similar. And uh, I swear, if they post a freaking, if they post a tribute about Philip Rivers. Oh, boy. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna go to the opening uh, Sophie Stadium game. Mm-hmm. If they do it, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's yeah, when do, you th- when do you think they're gonna do? I mean, if he obviously if he, if he retires, then it'll be sometime this year. But I mean, what do you do when if he plays, you know, two more years with let's say the Colts? I mean, what do you do? Just a welcome home one eventually, and then then eventually you have your retirement thing or what? I I, I guess so. I mean, yeah, you, they they did that for Peyton when he returned to Indianapolis. So I, mm-hmm. I'd have to think that that's what they would do with Rivers if he returned. Um, but uh, it's it's going to be weird to see Phillip Rivers in a different uniform if he is, in fact, going to play for another team. That's not even a given. Um, whether a team uh, accepts him, whether uh, he decides to retire, there's a lot of things that factor in here. How much money he wants, uh who he fits with. Like, I know everybody's assuming Tampa Bay is going to be a great fit for Rivers and that Arians wants him, uh, or Indianapolis behind that offensive line. But uh, both of those teams have a quarterback uh, that the team might show faith in and give him another chance. So Rivers might not end up there. There's no telling what's going to happen with Rivers at this point forward. It's kind of, we're in the dark now. Um, we don't know where he's going to go. It's, it's, uh, We've never had this problem with Philip Rivers. We've never been in doubt of uh, where he's going to go, and even up to even up until this season, where it was kind of all signs were pointing to him leaving, a lot of people were kind of in denial. Like he's not going anywhere. It's Philip Rivers. He's he's a Charger for life, and mm-hmm. you did see a lot of that with a lot of analysts, a lot of writers, a lot of fans. They're just like, I, I don't understand how you how when they were talking to me, they they'd say I don't. I don't understand how you think Rivers is going to leave. And uh, I, I, I'd i hate to say I told you so, but because I, I really do hate to say it. I, I don't like that he's gone. I even said, um, I even said, I believe it was earlier this week, that even though I think Phillip Rivers leaving or is the right move for the Chargers, even though that's the smart football decision, I want him to stay. I, I, I selfishly want him to stay. And I still do. I, I kind of still hope that they'll announce. Eh, we changed our minds. He's coming back. Psych. But I get. But I guess that's it. Yeah. So there's still a lot of reports out there. I was watching NFL Network today, and and one of them was saying that he's even mulling retirement. So you know, there's a lot to to play out still. And Field Yates tweeted out that there's you know these eight veteran quarterbacks that are potentially on the move, and it's like we could be in a, in for a huge 
quarterback carousel this offseason, but there also could be no no movement at all. So Tom Brady could stay in New England. Rivers could just end up with no market and just kind of retire and say, you know, kind of what Gates did this last year and just kind of wait for the right moment and then it not happen. So I still think that Rivers can play. I think he needs the right pieces around him. And, you know, I think a lot of his mistakes this year were mental mistakes that he could easily correct. And, and you know, in Indianapolis where they don't necessarily need him to throw the ball 35, 40 times, I think that he could succeed there. The question is just going to be, you know, Indianapolis has done such a good job rebuilding that maybe they don't want an old veteran quarterback. Maybe they want to stick with Jacoby and draft someone. You know, they're, they've been um, – Jordan Love has been mocked there a lot recently, and so that's totally possible too. So I think Rivers can still play. It needs to be in the right situation, and I don't know if that situation really exists. So now that it's uh, officially done, now that Rivers is, is – they're moving on, and that's, that's weird to say. I don't, <laughs> that's weird to say. This. Is, is he's officially done. I don't like that word. He's a, They've officially mutually parted ways for now. Uh, that's better. There, there is going to be a plan moving forward for the Chargers, and I've been, um, I've discussed this plan since November. It's been, if you connected the pieces, connected the dots, and there's a lot of rumors out there, and um, obviously the sources. Um, but before I get into the actual, the plan that we know is going to happen, we'll know, quote unquote, plans change, things change. Um, what, what do you guys think? they should do what do you what do you think who do you think they need to go get at this point who is who's your guy in 2020 i think whoever i mean it's whoever's the the best quarterback they have on their big board i mean they're they're the number six overall pick they shouldn't even have that pick they should be picking 10th it's lucky that they're even this high to begin with even if they suck you know in this next coming year they're still probably not gonna pick higher than sixth in 2021 so i think it's just whoever's the number one on their board. If that's Herbert, so be it. Um, if that's Tua, probably have to move up. Um, but it's going to be that guy. Um, I don't really think it just would be weird to go. Like I, I, First of all, I do think Tyrod Taylor is a starter week one. So no matter what, well, okay, unless they have a certain free agent or trade happen, which I think maybe Jason would want to talk about. Um Personally, I think they should just get just get the rookie quarterback that they want. Um, see what happens. I I can't believe hold hold on. I can't believe that you just said Tua and Herbert and said nobody else. <laughs> Tua <laughs> well, and I figured, Herbert. I figured there was someone you'd right want to talk only about. Your only two choices. You know? Come on, he's killing <laughs> well, I me. Figured, I, you, I'll let you talk about some other guy. You might have. I forget what's his name. Uh, Lurvy, Livey. <laughs> oh, love. That's right. Stephen Talk. Valentine's Day. That's who's coming up. <laughs> Valentine's. Um, you know, my personal preference this year, you know, I've said this to a few people that I'm close with. My personal preference is that Tua falls and they take Tua at number six and they let him kind of redshirt and get healthy and have Tyrod start next year. Um, that being said, if it is Jason's favorite Jordan Love, I would not be opposed to that. I think Jordan Love has a really high ceiling. But again, I still think in that situation, Tyrod would have to start for a year. Um, if it's Herbert, I would come around to it. It would take me probably a month or two to get around to it. Cause I just, frankly, I, I don't see the upside. I see 
a Kirk Cousins type quarterback. I don't see an elite ceiling with with Justin Herbert. And I think that's you know that's my opinion on Justin Herbert. I think if you really go and analyze who he is as a player, I think that's really kind of what you're seeing is just a game manager. And they already have a game manager and his name is Tyrod Taylor. So if they're drafting a quarterback, I want Tua or I want Jordan Love. What do you guys think about the Cam Newton option? He's making $21.1 million this coming season. For the draft network, the Panthers will be looking for a trade between uh, for a day two selection and then a conditional 2021 selection. That could range between a first, second, or third, depending on how he does in 2020 in his contract year. How do you guys feel about that one then? Well, that's that's easy if they're look if the projected pick the Panthers are looking for is a day two pick. I was expecting that they would be looking for like early second or maybe even late first. I I I thought they'd be looking for a first mm-hmm. um, because there is still even though he has those injury concerns, you're still selling him as a franchise guy. Um, you'd have to sell pretty hard, but they they that's what they'd be selling him as is come get your franchise quarterback. Franchise quarterbacks are worth first round picks. Yeah, so if you if you can trade them a third round pick, if you can send a third round pick and then you draft a tackle in round one and a receiver in round two, I think you do that. Yeah, a lot of that is going to depend on his health and whether or not he gets a positive, some positive feedback from his shoulder situation and his foot situation. But if you can get Cam Newton for a third round pick, I think you do that. I'd even be okay with the second. I wouldn't be. I'd be thrilled if it was a third. Like. If if you're not sold on Cam Newton, you should be after they give up a third for him. If they give up a third and get Cam Newton, I, there's not much of a reason to be mad about that. That's that's dirt cheap. Um, obviously, you could have the concerns with the injuries. Um, I don't think he's an injury prone quarterback by any means. I think he just had a he had bad luck last season in terms of the the shoulder and the and the ankle. Uh, Prior to that, he had the back that was due to a car accident. It had nothing to do with football, and so I'm I'm great with Cam Newton with for a third round pick. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that you're probably looking at a a second round uh, with maybe a, a third or fourth the next year. Yeah, but um, I was just going to jump in and say like of the potential veteran signings or, or trade market or whatever. I think Cam Newton is my preference here because, you know, people keep talking about Tom Brady and like, I get it. Like he's potentially looking for a new start, but he's going to be signing a two year, $70 million contract at minimum, according to most media sources. So, um, hard pass for me. That's way too expensive for a 42 year old quarterback. In my opinion, um, Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's solid. I think he in the right situation can succeed, but I don't think he's enough of an upgrade over Tyrod Taylor where I would be willing to take that chance on him. Um, I don't want Jameis because Jameis um, throws way too many interceptions. I'm cool with 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, but if we could get to like 18 interceptions, that would be cool. But I don't know if that's possible for him. Um, So of a veteran quarterback, if if they really want to win now and they want a veteran quarterback and they chose Cam Newton, I would be okay with that. So I I ran a poll recently on Twitter. Um, and I was asking which which quarterback potentially, which veteran quarterback would you potentially want on the Chargers? And my options were Cam Newton, Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, and Marcus Mariota. Cam Newton led with 52%. Teddy Bridgewater came in second with 30%. Tom Brady in third with 12%. And then Marcus Mariota lastly at 6%. Now, 
there's a lot of outspoken fans that do not like Cam Newton, and I can get it. There, he was, he has the shoulder injury and the ankle problem from last season, and uh, I guess a lot of them, a lot of people don't like his personality. I think he's a great dude, um, but a lot of people don't like his personality. Um, you can look at this one of two ways: either Cam Newton won by twenty two percent, or Cam Newton had a higher vote than the other three combined. So I'm going to kind of explain why I think that Cam Newton is winning votes like these. So first off, you have Marcus Mariota, where he has his problems above the shoulders. He just, he can't put it all together. Um, He's a fast quarterback, not necessarily a mobile quarterback. And um, what I mean by that is just general awareness of what's around him, knowing when to run and where to run, knowing when to scramble and when to throw the football during the scramble. Then you have Tom Brady, who above the shoulders he might he might be the perfect guy, but uh, there's a lot of physical limitations there right now that really turn you off if you're analyzing him. And then you've got Teddy Bridgewater, who is a safe option. Honestly, he's a safe option, but safe options aren't really worth thirty million a season, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't pay thirty million dollars uh, per season for three years to a quarterback that's just safe. That's that that's Kirk Cousins money for Kirk Cousins. And I'm not okay with that. I know Vikings fan must might be uh, I'm not. I'm not okay with paying Kirk Cousins. So then you leave you're left with Cam Newton. And Cam Newton has the highest ceiling out of those guys. He gives you the most potential. He sells the tickets right now. Um he gives you the mobile guy that Anthony Lynn wants and he gives you the excitement um, in Los Angeles. Like, let's go, let's go win something. Let's get let's get fans excited about this Chargers football team. And if if healthy, and I don't think that they would do this if he wasn't healthy, he offers you the big play threat that this team missed this season. That big play threat, uh, deep ball to Mike Williams. Um, Cam Newton has never had a receiver like Mike Williams or Keenan Allen in his entire career. Like you, you think of. Who, who Cam Newton's best receiver was, and you probably think Greg Olson or Christian McCaffrey. You don't think Ted Ginn or Jericho Cotri. So that's that's why I think Cam Newton is leading there. So what, what do you guys think? Who would you take out of those four? Oh, well, it's, it's Newton all the way. I mean, I'm a no matter what, I'm a Brady hater. I mean, like I said, I, <laughs> my, dad's, my dad's a Raiders fan, so I know all about the tuck rule and such. Um, I definitely don't want Mariota. It was interesting when they thought that they would trade Rivers for the opportunity to take Mariota, but that ship has sailed. Uh, when Tannehill beats you out and then does way better in an offense and you've been there longer and you couldn't figure it out. I mean, granted, he didn't have the best situation, but at this point he's just kind of kind of used goods. And then um, Bridgewater's the only one I wouldn't mind. Um a good floor, good safe option, you know, but I just think, I don't know. It doesn't really move the needle for me. I mean, I think it'd be fine. The Chargers could win games with him. I just don't think he's like the, you know, the quarterback that's going to win them all the games. Um, so, yeah, I guess if I had to pick Newton, so I, I agree with the poll. Yeah, if I had to pick one of those four, it would be Cam. Um, the other three, I would just rather have Tyrod. And another thing that people, you know, with Brady, like he has ripped our hearts out so many times. Like I emotionally, I do not want him here at all. I just don't want it. 
which is very fair. He's been on, he's basically been like our arch enemy for so many years. I just, I, I don't think I'd be comfortable with it. I'm sure after a month or two, the second I saw him hit the field, I'd be okay with Brady. But right now, as it stands, I, Cam Newton far and away for me. Um, it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting to think of number one in a Chargers jersey. Um, Cam Newton taking the field. Uh, it's just, it's exciting to see the quarterback go and do a touchdown dance. I, I want to see it. I do, but it. moving on to uh, what we've been talking about so far, uh, which was last week, is rookie rookie guys. And I, I would rather have a rookie than a vet any day of the week. Give me somebody at six that you believe in that can lead this franchise into the future. Uh, whoever it may be, if it's Justin Herbert, so be it. Go get Justin Herbert. If you think Justin Herbert is your guy, go get him. Go get him and have him lead your team. Start him day one. Get the excitement going. Full steam ahead. Go. Um, at the end of the day, I think that's the better long-term plan than going and trading or signing Cam Newton, depending on what the Panthers do with him. Uh, yeah, I, but on out of that, out of those four on that list, it's it that have been linked to the Chargers. It's Cam Newton far and away, easily. Um, now, as for what the Chargers are planning on doing in the future, we're gonna. This is a, a mix of speculation and what we've what we know so far, what has been reported. So, first off, the first phase of the plan is done. Move on from Rivers. It, it, unfortunate as it is. That was the first step of the plan. It sounds kind of cruel in that sense that it was a plan to move on from Rivers. It sounds kind of mean, doesn't it, guys? So now, moving on to free agency. So now, it was reported by Benjamin Albright a couple months ago. I believe it was mid-November that uh, the Chargers want to go get a, a free agent quarterback or a vet quarterback to avoid using the sixth pick on a on a quarterback. Now, at the time... The Chargers were projected to have like the 13th pick or the 10th pick. It was not six. That's a big difference. That is a huge difference there. So it, it could have changed by now. And it could change in a month. And it could change a month after that. So the Chargers are very fortunate to have a, a, as good of a roster as they do. And have a sixth pick. That's rare. And um, back to back to what they're planning here. Uh, so step step two here is going to be free agency. Looking at, and it was reported back then, it was going to be Cam and Mariota. Uh, Brady was not even thought to be leaving the Patriots back then. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, it was kind of a, a given that he would resign with the Saints until the Saints recently said they liked Taysom Hill, I guess. Uh, Taysom Hill, franchise quarterback for the next four years until he's 34 years old. Uh, I don't understand that. So we'll kind of move on from that. We won't try to dig into what the Saints are thinking here. Um, so the two main options I think here, even above Mariota, is Cam and Brady. Uh, they're going to be looking at one of those two guys. I don't go for, for Brady. That's going to cost too much. Um, so I feel like the realistic option here is Cam. He fits what Lynn wants. Lynn doesn't want another pocket passer. I don't know. I, this is another reason I don't understand the Brady thing. They are. They've said... They want to give Lynn his quarterback. That's why they're moving on from Rivers. They want Lynn to have his quarterback. Is is do either of you even think that Tom Brady is Lynn's quarterback? Is that a thing? No, not at all. I just I don't yeah, see Lynn saying, "Yeah, go get me Brady. Let's run some read options, speed options with Brady. Let's go, everybody." 
I don't see it. Uh, so it, it's cam for me. It's cam or bust. I don't see them going after anybody else. If you are realistic about winning moving forward and you want a quarterback that's not just this game manager who 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 maybe once in a while makes the big the big quarterback throw, you go get cam. You, you go get somebody who can actually have a high ceiling, if healthy, on this team. And if step two doesn't work out for whatever reason, if, if the trade doesn't go through, if Cam's not healthy, or if Cam's going to cost too much in free agency after the Panthers cut him, whatever the situation may be, if step two doesn't work out, or maybe even if they just change their minds, you're looking at uh, draft quarterbacks at six, so now you got your list. We talked about it last week. You have Burrow, you have Tua, you have Herbert, you have Love, you have Fromm. That's that's five quarterbacks that I think could be first round guys. I'm I'm okay with any of them. If you think that he they are your quarterback, go draft them by all means. If you think that's it, go get them. Even Herbert. I know I know I quote unquote hate Herbert, but the second they draft Herbert. The second Herbert reaches the NFL on any time, I'm wishing for his success. Go Herbert. Kill it. Uh, tear it up in the NFL. Break records. Do it. Um, now, Matt Miller reported during the Senior Bowl week that Jordan Love had leapfrogged Justin Herbert on the Chargers draft board. Now, how true that is, I don't know. Um I don't. I, I wish I could see their draft board. I would love to just one time in my life see an NFL draft board to see all that goes on in their minds. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people share that with me. But um, that's the report that we know is that Jordan Love jumped, leapfrogged Justin Herbert. Not jumped Justin Herbert. Jordan Love did not jump Justin Herbert. Uh, Jordan Love leapfrogged Justin Herbert on the Chargers draft board. <laughs> and that is not to say that Tua is ranked higher than them. Herbert and Love might be fighting for quarterback three or four, and Burrow and Tua might be their their quarterback one and two, and so we just don't know at this point. All we know is that they seem to be doing their homework on these quarterbacks for good reason, and they've been doing their homework for five years now, and if you ask me who they want, and this is part of the reason I'm so high on Jordan Love, is he fits what they've been wanting for so long, him and Tua. Are, are the perfect fits for what this team has been asking for, for what Lynn has been wanting. You think about it. They wanted Deshaun Watson. They wanted Marcus Mariota. They wanted um, Lamar Jackson. And now they're reportedly wanting Cam. And now supposedly Jordan Love has leapfrogged Justin Herbert on the, on the chart. They want a mobile guy. They want a guy that can run. And so... If you're curious about where this draft is going to go, who your future quarterback is going to be, uh, there there are pieces of the puzzle that have been left lying around. Just put them together. Yeah, you know, obviously that's a lot for people to take in, um, but I think the main takeaway is that mobility aspect. And you know, we don't know what is going to happen come draft day. You know, it's totally possible that the Lions, you know, the Lions reportedly really like Justin Herbert. So in that case, it might turn out perfectly that the Chargers don't even have to debate of taking Tua or Love or Herbert or Love. They might just, Love might be there and that might be the pick right right away. So, you know, we'll get some answers pretty quick here. You know, free agency starts next month. And like I said, if Cam Newton is is signed by the Chargers, like I'm all for it. So there's there's a lot to be 
sorted out and there's a lot of pieces moving around. But like Jason was saying, you know, there have been hints by some really credible receivers that the Chargers want a mobile quarterback and it's probably going to be Cam or probably going to be the love. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Herbert can move, by the way, if they decide to go that route. I mean, I'm trying to play devil's advocate to myself right now. I'm trying to soften the blow right now. I'm, I'm going to expect Herbert because uh, he can move. Yeah, and, and talking to Yogi, you know, I gained a lot of respect for Justin Herbert as a person, as a leader. And, you know, that was kind of my main takeaway from interviewing with, with Yogi. Um, and he can move, and he showed that off against Utah. And, and then the Rose Bowl, it's just – Tua and Love have such higher ceilings as throwers of the football. And, you know, if they're all equally mobile, you know, I'd rather take a shot on the guy that has a higher ceiling with his arm. And I think that's, you know, we were talking with some fans on Twitter today about the difference of why we have certain quarterbacks higher. And, you know, ultimately it's the ceiling of Jordan Love and the ceiling of Tua versus the ceiling of Justin Herbert. I just don't feel like it's that high. You know, sure, he probably is more mobile than Kirk Cousins, but. As a thrower, I feel like Kirk Cousins is Justin Herbert's ceiling. Like I, I wouldn't hate it, but I'm not like gonna go out and get a Justin Herbert jersey if you know what I mean. All right, so we'll 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 certainly figure out more about what they want to do in the coming weeks. We got free agency coming up. Um, obviously, if they trade for Cam Newton, uh, that solves a lot of questions. Um, but we'll see. So before we go, are there any any final thoughts from you guys? Any comments on Rivers as a whole? Um, Anything? Anything else? I love you, Rivers. Yeah, we love him, and you know, we wish for him, sure. If he if he moves on to another team, like I wish him nothing but success in the next year or two. Um, but he'll forever be a Charger and forever QB one. Forever. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, Rivers. We do love you. Wish you all the best and uh, all that you do. Thanks for an incredible career, and uh, our lives wouldn't be the same without you. So we appreciate everything. Seventeen, uh, guys. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, you guys are processing and managing this okay. Uh, I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.